BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. This week's episode is with Carla Oates. Carla created The Beauty Chef in 2009 after healing her family's skin issues and discovering that beautiful, glowing skin, as we all know, starts with a healthy gut. After 10 years of working as a fashion stylist, Carla became a beauty writer, during which time she quickly realized the products she was using were full of synthetic substances and toxins. So... She began writing about healthier, natural alternatives made from plants and organic foods, which eventually led to her first book, Feeding Your Skin. Years later, when her daughter began to experience eczema and allergies, she put her family on a gut healing protocol that included probiotic-rich, lacto-fermented whole foods. The difference in her daughter's allergies was incredible, and her whole family quickly experienced improved well-being, along with vibrant, glowing skin. She began experimenting with lacto-fermenting, skin-loving superfoods in her Bondi kitchen, and that's how Glow, Beauty Chef's first inner beauty powder, was created. The pioneer of the inner beauty category, the Beauty Chef now has a large range of bio-fermented, probiotic-rich whole food supplements and topical skincare products, as well as two cookbooks, all of which I absolutely die for. We talk about the gut, skin, and brain connection and how she works on her unique formulas with a team of leading macrobiologists, naturopaths, nutritionists, employing cutting-edge research to develop a product that supports gut health and glowing skin. We also have a special guest this week, my mama. So stay tuned to the end of the episode where we answer your relationship questions. Don't forget to follow The Beauty Chef on Instagram at The Beauty Chef. What I notice is that this journey to actual real true inner health always kind of start starts from like bad skin <laughs> and girls yeah. have trying a bunch of products and getting to this moment where they're like nothing is fucking working and I clearly need to do something <laughs> different here like I found out about you from my facialist um yeah. which is so funny like a woman here in LA who uses biologique <laughs> has every girl that I know who goes to her has beauty chef in their fridge. Uh-huh. It's, it's so, and so, um, you know, and then obviously then this turns into like a bigger issue. Yes. Okay, cool. My skin is bad and this is helping it, but it must be especially really magical to see the real true, you know, epic side effects of, I'm sure you're healing a lot of internal issues that, you know, your skin is a bad side effect, but I'm sure there's a lot bigger things going on here. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, like, it's so interesting. I mean, you know, the skin is such an amazing barometer of what's going on inside the body. But when you think about your gut health can um, affect, you know, when you think it regulates your, not only your skin health, but your metabolic health, your brain health and your immune health, like 70% of your immune system lies in your gut. And it's where, you know, there's not only a gut skin axis, there's also gut brain axis and information highway between your gut and your brain influences how you feel in your mood. So 95% of the feel-good serotonin, you know, your feel-good hormone serotonin is actually made in your gut. So we know more and more studies are showing as well that where there's gut inflammation, there'll be low-grade systemic inflammation in the body. And that inflammation is not only a problem for your skin, but most disease in the body, inflammation is implicated. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. Like when, and you know, 
when I see people, people write to us about their, their skin health and a lot of mothers will write to us and say, we'll try this product, this product, this product, this product. And so I just want to go, let's just go completely back to basics and put your body on a, it's about recalibrating. It's about looking after your gut health with beautiful, nourishing, healing whole foods and also simplifying your topical routine. You know, people are like, oh my God, my skin's breaking out. So they put a cocktail of all these products that just tend to irritate the skin. So it's like pair it back, go simple, calm your skin with just a few products and really focus on healing your gut. So if someone comes to you and says, I'm bloated, my skin is bad, I'm tired, it's hard for me to get up in the morning, I'm depressed, which I feel unfortunately is a large percentage of people. What is your first kind of like, because I think these things get very overwhelming for people. And I know a lot of my listeners really gravitate towards this information. So Mm -hmm. what is your, first of all, I recommend the products tenfold and the cookbook, which we'll get into later, but is not elitist or isolating by any means. The cookbook is completely normal food. Like it's, I think people get very overwhelmed and think I'm going to have to eat like weird. I can't I eat, like I used your rib rub last week. <laughs> <laughs> I had my kids saying, why do we have to eat? Why do we always have to have everything from our food? We've got to make from scratch. Why can't we have packaged food? And why can't we have chocolate cake in our lunchbox? And why can't we have chocolate mint slice and fried chicken and creamy pasta and all of that sort of stuff? And so I had to try and make, healthy alternatives of these traditional recipes. And so I think people are always like, oh, you know, I really want to buy a cookbook, but I really don't want to eat mung beans every day. It's like, you know what? I love mung beans, but my, you know, my cookbook offers a lot more than mung beans. And you'd be surprised because you can have, I've got, you know, meatball pasta, but it's with zucchini pasta um, or zucchini kind of, um, you know, spirals. We've got, you know, beautiful- The desserts. Yes, the beautiful panna cottas and the free Amazing desserts. And the mint and chocolate slice, which is so delicious, but it's really healthy. And so I think people are quite amazed, like, oh my God, I can eat all this food, but it's healthy. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, um, what would be your first advice to someone coming to you saying, I'm not feeling good? Cut so out if- gluten and dairy? Yeah. So if someone came to me and said, you know, I'm feeling bloated, I'm feeling, you know, lethargic, tired. And again, because it's always interesting, it's not often when people have one issue, they've got multiple issues that are linked to gut health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And something like, I think it's t- people with acne and rosacea, for example, are 10 times more likely to have gut issues. And, um, and it's interesting when you start to see this sort of link that people have not only skin issues, but they'll have eczema and allergies and they sort of all seem to kind of, you know, go together. But people have, of course, different, different genetic predispositions. So these things will express themselves differently when you have an imbalance in your gut or, or your, you know, your body. So I would definitely say for people who are feeling, so it's, 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 it's about diet and it's about lifestyle. So I would say, Take out dairy and gluten and corn and soy from your diet because they are really harming your digestive system and they contain proteins that for people whose gut is imbalanced, who've got leaky gut, they're very hard, hard on, your, on, your, on your gut. I would say eliminate those foods. Definitely eliminate sugar. Any processed foods and sugary foods would be really important to eliminate because they feed pathogenic bacteria. And then embrace not only low GI foods, but low HI foods. So low human intervention foods. So get rid of the packet sources, the packet, everything. And people often say, but I'm not a cook and I'm not inventive. And some of the best foods for us are like bone broth is amazing. Like making a really, because we've got the amino acids that help to heal the lining of the gut. Um, It's anti-inflammatory. It's very healing. It's very nutritious. And so when you're healing your gut, I highly recommend bone broth, slow-cooked soups and stews, mm-hmm. and you don't need packet, you know, seasoning. Grow herbs, so important, or buy herbs from your local market or supermarket, and you just make, you know, you put your meat or your vegetables into a slow-cooked casserole and you add in herbs. Herbs are so nutritious and they flavor and spices. Like you, you, you can add, um, you know, your ground turmeric and your 
cumin and coriander, and they help break down the meat to help it be kinder to your digestive system as well. Because when your gut is really out of balance, your body finds it hard to digest, you know, things like gluten and dairy. But also even things like meat can be hard to digest when you've got low digestive fiber. And even raw vegetables can be hard on your gut. I know people don't understand how hard raw vegetables. I remember seeing an herbalist one time and I said, I'm putting it I eat so healthy. I don't know what's going on. And he looked at me. He's like, have you ever seen a Chinese man eat a raw kale salad? (laughs) No, he goes, steam your vegetables. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you should always steam your kale. For example, even if I make a smoothie with kale, I always steam it before I put it into my smoothie. You do? Mm. Yes. It helps to reduce some of the anti-nutrients. I mean, I don't do it all the time, to be completely honest, but I try and do it because it's it's better for you. Uh, and, And so I think for me, it's around, you know, taking it back to basics, stews and soups that are easy on your digestive system. And as your digestive fire and your gut health gets stronger, then of course raw vegetables are amazing for you. They're rich in enzymes and nutrients, but your gut has to be ready to be able to take them. So people say to me, Carla, I'm eating really healthily and I'm eating all of this raw food. I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you know, you can't just go from having a really imbalanced gut to eating heaps of raw vegetables because you decided that you're going to overhaul your diet. It's about taking it slowly lots of you know yeah lots of veggies but in soups and slow cooked broths with herbs and spice and if you have, if you eat meat put your meat in there as well and that helps break it down then you want your healthy fats more research show that you know omega-3s are really important for, for supporting a healthy microbiome we also know that fiber is really really important for um your gut health so Basically, your gut bugs, they, they feed on fiber and they produce uh, short-chain fatty acids from the fiber, which are anti-inflammatory and super important for our gut health, immune health, brain health, and metabolic health. But again, fiber, if your gut's really imbalanced, you need to take it slowly. My, my second book, The Gut Guide, goes through four stages of healing, weeding, seeding, and um, feeding. I really recommend that to everyone because if you just, like you said, start eating a bunch of of vegetables and eating a lot, drinking kombucha and eating a lot of sauerkraut, you're going to get sick. It will. It just can really cause a lot of gut discomfort. And we we all tend to do that, right? Because we go, I'm deciding tomorrow, I'm going to go on an exercise and, you know, you do three hours exercise and you feel terrible. It's like, that's not... And, and we all do that because it's like tomorrow I'm going to just, t- you know, and you, we tend to go a bit extreme and it's like, okay, actually the best thing for my body now is that it's in a bit of a healing crisis and I need to um, take it slowly and be kind to myself. And as I said, you know, take gluten, dairy, corn, soy, processed sugars out of your diet, introduce, you know, slow cooked, healing, nourishing, nurturing broths and stews. And in my um, book, I also have a lot of other amazing recipes in that first stage when you're just calming your digestive system that really help. You know, we know things like polyphenols, um, which are antioxidants that are found in, you know, your leafy greens, lots of, you know, green tea, cacao. They are really good for strengthening um, your and, and supporting a, a, your gut microbiome. We also do a powder called Gut Primer in the Beauty Chef range. And that's designed to help treat leaky gut. So it's been naturopathically formulated in Australia. It's a listed medicine, even though it's completely natural. And it's got uh, herbs like uh, licorice root, slippery elm. It's got milk thistle, biofermented turmeric, aloe vera, peppermint, mastic gum, L-glutamine, fermented papaya, uh, and it is and beetroot. So it is, we're getting such incredible results with, it with people who have IBS and SIBO. I want to introduce you to something that everybody needs in their life, which is Adderall and compliments, which is also the name of my podcast. I'm Annabelle, and every week I want you to come kiki with me and my hilarious friends as we talk about everything from reality TV to dating fails, mental health. I promise it will make you laugh, and most importantly, it will make you feel so much better about your own life. So come join me and my baby stripper voice every Friday on iTunes, Spotify, and follow me on Instagram at Annabelle Sisto and give me the greatest gift of all, which is validation. The powder completely healed one of my girlfriend's chronic bacterial infections, uh, like in vaginal bacterial infections. She was getting them every month. And she said that using your products 
has complete. It was so funny. It was so random. It was like two days ago. And she was like, oh, I used to get these like yeast infections that would turn into bacterial infections every month. Like something we were talking about how, how there's multiple microbiomes in your body. So I was like, you know, your mouth, your vagina and your stomach. And yeah. that's what I'm working on healing on this journey of trying to become pregnant. And, um, and I was like, yeah, for a while, the same thing was happening to me. And she was like, she was like, you got to get the beauty chef products that completely healed me. She's like, I did die flucan. I did everything, but the beauty chef, the beauty chef, the beauty chef. And I was like, oh my God, me too. I was like, I use it too. I put it, I put both the powders in my smoothie. And then I use what I really love is the liquid collagen. Yeah. I mix with, and I shouldn't have it. I know, but whatever. I, um, especially for SIBO, but I put it in sparkling water. Yeah, beautiful. Delicious. Like I love it with It's so good. I, I, I'm not supposed to. And last night, this is hilarious, I used the collagen in my tequila cocktail. It was just live tequila in the collagen. But, you know, I always think like, how can I put in my cocktails? I'm like, you know what? I you do what you want to do. I, I, I can't say, you know. <laughs> at least, you know, it's doing something good when you're doing something bad, you know? Exactly. Because you don't drink at all, do you? No, I do. I do drink. I drink red wine. So um, I, and it's funny, I know people are like, oh, of course you do because, you know, red wine is meant to be quite healthy. And I'm like, you know, honestly, it's not just because red wine is probably, I think, the healthiest alcohol um, option. And actually King's College in London just did a recent study to show that I think red wine was the only alcohol sober club they tested that shows it can be beneficial to your microbiome. But it's still alcohol, right? So it's still mm-hmm. really hard on your gut and your liver. So I do believe in, um, I have red wine, but I have it in moderation. Of course, sometimes when I am, you know, at a celebratory function um, with family, I might have two to three glasses very, you know, seldomly. Um, But I do drink probably three nights a week and I probably, you know, I'll have a glass. Great. Yeah. So so that was like my next question is kind of, you know, the importance of routine versus not being hard on yourself because it is very hard to be consistent. It is, and, and I think, uh, but once you, so I guess when I was a, when I was younger, I learned from very early on how adaptable we are. So when I was twelve and had to go, for, I couldn't drink dairy anymore, and my the naturopath put me onto soy milk, which is hilarious. The soy is just so not fashionable it's now. Garbage. It's like, it's like yeah, the, you know, the, the no go um, soy milk. Uh, but it was in Australia. There's actually a, a better. Um, there's a good brand, um, a better brand, Bon Soy. And um, even though you know, I I don't eat soy, but I think fermented soy is really interesting. So it's the same as fermented dairy. So sometimes I do eat fermented dairy in the form of yogurt. Generally, I have more coconut yogurt. But more and more studies show that you know, acne, for example, is associated with unfermented dairy, but not fermented dairy, because when you ferment you break down those proteins that are hard to digest that irritate the gut. So that's why sourdough bread is oh. easier on the gut than, you know, and sometimes I will have sourdough. Um, very occasionally I love a piece of sourdough with some avocado, but um, it's so if you do fermented bread, like sourdough or fermented dairy, it's much better. And there's lots of amazing studies on fermented soy for health. If you Google, look in Google Scholar, it's really, really interesting. So while I wouldn't have soy by itself now, fermented soy is really interesting. Like miso and tempeh. Yeah, miso, I know, so good for you. Studies around the health benefits of fermented soy. Um, so going back to when I was younger, I remember when I first had to drink soy milk and I was like, how can I ever drink this? And how can I, I, I was addicted to dairy, you know? And after six months of drinking soy, I remember... Someone, I had a sip of dairy and I thought it was disgusting. Isn't that so funny? Because I've experienced it a lot in my world of, you know, having to go off certain foods and eliminate certain foods when I was younger. Uh, I realized again that I don't like eating sugary foods because I don't either. I, I love tasting the beautiful flavors and tones of real food and sugar just destroys that. It overtakes and overpowers and it, it doesn't make me feel good. So when I eat, I'm not only eating because I'm hungry and I love the taste of something. I'm also quite addicted to the way that food makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So if food makes me feel good, then that is part of, for me, it's compelling. Whereas junky food does not make me feel good and if I just do not want to eat it. And, so and you I notice that when you go on those binges of eating poorly, 
it's mostly associated with women being in like a funky mental state. Yeah. You know, where it's like the girl sitting on the couch eating the ice cream, like you just kind of spiral. And then once you can get out of that and you start eating well and you feel good, that becomes your new normal. That's right. And and you also realize that it's just so much more delicious when you become yes. in tune with your body and flavors, real flavors in food and how it makes you feel. It's a holistic experience mm-hmm. and it's so much more kind of, I don't know, delightful than having, you know, and that's not to say I do occasionally, my husband loves pizza. And yeah, what are uh, your like bad girl cheat things? So bad girl cheat things would be my red wine. I love dark chocolate, but that's also good for Dr. you. Dark chocolate, I always feel, yeah, I get the who chocolate or I make my own and I'm fine with that. Um, and occasionally I will have a piece of my husband's pizza, but we're really lucky that the pizza place down the road from us, they do a 48-hour um, fermentation, so their base is sourdough. Amazing. So when I have a piece or two of his pizza, I don't feel sick in the tummy or bloated or anything. Because my, you know, it's already been, the, it's been, um, you know, which is most- easy to do at home by yourself too. Everyone, like you can totally make a starter. Yeah, it's not hard. So easy. I mean, fermentation. In my first book, there's a whole section on fermentation, and it's easy. It's rewarding. It's fun. Um, whether you want to make kombucha or you want to make sourdough bread or, you know, you want to lacto-ferment, um, you know, vegetables, it's really easy and it's really, really fun. And there's actually online lots of amazing, um, you know, so I've got a, a friend of mine um, who's amazing, Holly Davis. She's a chef in Australia and she's brought out a book as well called Ferment. And she's oh, I've, so- wait, I own it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, I have to tell her. She's just so gorgeous and um she, my my dad actually got really before he passed away got obsessed with fermentation. <laughs> like uh, so random, but he was like, "I want to make beer, and I want to make wine, and I want to make sourdough starter, and I want to make oh, we're gonna grow vegetables and we'll ferment them." He so you know someone including myself, but someone he respected would like and let him know that his gut health was important, and it became all about fermentation for a while. That's so good. But I've got to say one thing is that there is a difference. People say to me. Oh, well, I, I drink fermented stuff all the time. I drink beer and I drink lots of yeah. wine. No. And I'm like, there's a difference between alcohol fermentation and lactic acid fermentation. So um, even though you know, in many ways the process is similar, you introduce, but, you know, it's about what bacteria, um, you know, metabolize ingredients. So say for alcohol fermentation, alcohol-producing um, yeasts are introduced into the grapes or the grain and they ferment it over a period of time and produce alcohol. Whereas lactic acid fermentation, you introduce the lactic acid producing bacteria into the ingredients and you get that uh, okay. as a result. So even though it's a similar process, it is a different outcome. Um, and of course, lactic acid fermentation is a bit healthier than the alcohol. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Well, no one should be drinking beer and wine and eating pizza all day, which unfortunately most people do. Yeah. And getting back to that kind of so... I love that those are like your bad girl things. And I think it's really important uh, for everyone to have moments throughout the week, or maybe you have one day where you just ease up and let, you know, live your life. Because I think the hard part for so many women Mm -hmm. um, in this process of like, is like what you said too. Like, I don't know how to cook. Like my whole lifestyle is going to have to change. Like, how am I going to enjoy myself with my friends? Yes. And it doesn't need to be that way. And also I do, I didn't, the most important thing I always think is learning how to cook your own food. Yeah, we should learn it it at school. It's actually terrible that children aren't learning how to manage their finances. Terrible. Manage your finances and 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 feed your body with nourishing, nutrition is not not taught at schools. And so, and also not even, and the other thing to remember is stress. Like people get really stressed about, Am I eating the right food? Am I exercising enough? Am I doing this? And stress in itself is terrible for our mm. well-being. And it's, stress raises cortisol, which basically um, is inflammatory in the body. And it also compromises your microbiome and your gut health. And I think really looking after our lifestyle, our stress levels and our sleep is almost as important as diet. So together... It's not just about making sure that, you know, you're eating a good diet. It's also about less stress. So, you know, we've got to, I think more than ever, I have a lot of people saying to me, oh my God, 
I need to, I'm meant to be doing Pilates and yoga and meditation and I work full time and I've got children and I'm meant to eat perfectly and I got told, um, you know, I was eating vegan and then I've gone to vegan and now I've gone to vegan and now I've gone to keto. <laughs> um, and it, that kind of in the wellness world can be really overwhelming. And Absolutely. so I'm like, okay, just stop. We just need to kind of take it back to you can only do what you can do and you've got to be kind to yourself. And everyone is different. I mean, I, I, my meditation, I do meditate, but my biggest meditation is I love walking. So that works for me. Me too. And, I go on a two-hour walk yeah, every day. That's it. So I don't, you know, I'm like, yeah, it would be ideal if every day I did a kind of, you know, TM meditation um, for like an hour, but I walk. And for me, that, that works for me. Doing, even playing Scrabble, for example, mm-hmm. uh, with my family is a meditation for me. It, gets me. it stops me from thinking about work and other things. And it, it really, I get so much joy out of it. So we all find it doesn't have to be the same as what everybody else is doing. And in terms of, um, so the pressure we put on ourselves, it's like, yeah, it's, it's about realizing that stress is also not great. And having that expectation and pressure on yourself is not great either. So it's like, what can I actually achieve? And what are some of these short term goals that I can set for myself? Because we're also as humans and studies show, we're much more likely to stick to a routine if it's achievable. And if it's achievable, like a goal, and if it's achievable as well, and we, and we hit it, our kind of, we've got a reward center in our brain that produces dopamine. And it makes us feel good when we achieve something, but we're often kind of chasing our tail going, I'm going to do this yoga and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we don't do it and we get hard on ourselves. So I think just those kind of being realistic and in terms of all the diets, I always say, unless like, you know, keto can be really fantastic, especially with people with certain health conditions. But for the average person, I think just whole foods, embrace a whole food diet, you know, that is, you know, low human intervention foods, not processed, and focus on rituals of preparing your foods in a way that really helps to support your body. So, you know, people eat legumes, they're like, but they make my tummy upset. And it's like, because we've lost the ancient kind of art and understanding of you've got to soak legumes because when you soak legumes or ferment them, you get rid of the, it helps to neutralize the anti-nutrients that can cause gas and bloating. So, you know, take a bit more time in just simple eating, but soaking your legumes, soak your grains overnight, you know, get a slow cooker, just put, you know, if you've got, you're, you're, you know, you're busy in the morning, just put all your vegetables in there with some meats and spices, some herbs from your garden. And that is just a great, when you come home and just, you know, be, prepare on a Sunday, just some healthy snacks. And it's so a very simple, nourishing foods and do what you can in the exercise. Try and get lots of sleep. Sleep's so important for your microbiome. Mm-hmm. And when we sleep, our body really recovers and repairs on a cellular level. And it's when we produce anti-aging hormones like melatonin and human growth hormone. So sleep, be kind to yourself, exercise. We know that regular, moderate exercise is really good for your microbiome, but don't overdo it either. Because if you're really tired and you exercise, you know, excessively, that puts a lot of stress on your body. Absolutely. I know people think they have to go so hard with the exercise. I'm like, guys, (laughs) back it down. All your body needs is to, is to, first of all, walking. When I lived in New York and yeah. was young and broke, I obviously was eating extreme, you know, I was having pizza after work and eating gross like hummus and crackers every day for lunch, whatever I could get at the bodega. But I will say my body functioned, like my digestive system functioned so well because I walked everywhere. I never took a cab. I would walk an hour somewhere. I found so much joy in that. And people don't use their bodies enough. Even the chiropractor I go to, he always says, if your back feels bad, start walking every morning. It's the best way to align yourself. It's so true, Pia. I find walking is my meditation. It's like a natural filing system for my brain. If ever I feel confused, or overwhelmed, I go for a walk. And by the end of it, I just feel like a different person. And studies show that it really helps to improve mood, cognitive function. It's great for cardiovascular health. Um, it's great for overall well-being. And I think, you know, we need, to, we need to be able to walk more. I know walking does take more time, 
but just maybe factor in a little bit more time when you're walking, you know, um, and instead of, you know, driving to the shops, walk to the shops and, you know, take the stairs instead of a, you know, um, mm-hmm. an elevator and just, and use your body. It is, it is so important. So in regards to you walking, I would love before we end this conversation to know briefly what your morning routine is and what your evening routine is. Okay. So my morning routine is I live at Bondi Beach. And so often I get up in the morning. I've just bought a new puppy. Um, Wolfie is his name. He's a little Congratulations. Kid. Thank you. He is so cute. He's a lot of work. And um, he's delightful. So I will go down to either, depending on what I want to do, because he's still little, but I'll take him for a walk um, along the promenade at the beach. We go for quite a long walk. And sometimes I don't take him and I do a run. So I'll do a run down to the beach. And if I'm brave, if not winter, I will go for a swim because it is so good for you. And sea air is rich in negative ions that have been scientifically proven to help boost mood and well-being. So just getting that fresh sea air for me is so important. And then I come home and I generally have a glass of glow in a beauty powder. Um, and sometimes I put the collagen in a beauty boost in there. And I... So that's like the first thing that goes into your body in the morning. That's the first thing that goes into my body, yeah. So nutrients and probiotics. And then I will have uh, a little bit later. And generally at that point, you know, I have a shower and I will check my emails. And then I um, will make a breakfast. So my breakfast always consists of either I'll have eggs with spinach and avocado um, or I'll make a porridge. Like, you know, I've been making, I love in the um, cookbook, there's a porridge which is delicious and it's got its buckwheat, which I soak overnight with sweet potato and miso and a bit of maple syrup and dates and it's delicious. And coconut I milk. saw that recipe and felt nervous to try it because I'm supposed to not, like I need to figure out how to introduce, and I guess this will be a buckwheat into my, like, I don't know if it upsets me or not, but I figure if you said it's okay, it's okay. There's no wheat or gluten in buckwheat. So I find it to be one of the um, best, um, well, it's a pseudo grain. It's not a great, it's not a grain, it's a seed. And, um, you know, I tend to find, and a lot of people who have gut issues find buckwheat is very tolerable. The only thing, some people don't like the taste of it because mm. it's quite um, earthy tasting, but I, I love it. And again, you know, you get used to it. Uh, so, <laughs> so I usually have a healthy breakfast. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, generally, and, and I'm really into my tea. So I often um, make a pot of tea as well and um, check email. I love sort of just having my tea for me is a time, is a ritual. So it's, it's time out for me. And during the day as well, I'll make a pot of tea. And in between meetings, and just to sit there and just think about things and sip my tea. So that's my um, tea. What kind really... of tea do you like? Oh, I like lots. Of, I mean, I have so many different teas. At the moment, I really love licorice and fennel tea. It's really great on digest- your di- digestive system. Often, I also just make like fresh turmeric, ginger, and warm water. And that's also really delicious. And I've got, oh, that's one of my vices as well. I do love black tea. Even though it's not really a vice because it's rich in antioxidants, but it does have your tannins in there. Um, um, but I, I do love black tea. I love it's tea. Still it's still healthy. Yeah, it's still healthy. Yeah. Fine. yeah. Um, and then at nighttime, I, um, for me, winding down is really important. I, you know, I run a business. My mind is constantly active. So I try not to do screen time at least, you know, hour, hour and a half before I go to bed. And just to wind down, um, I love having, well, just actually moved um, to a, a new house that doesn't have a bath. And, um, but I love having a bath or a foot bath with lavender essential oils. And I find for me reading a book is also a really great way to use my brain differently because I guess I'm so immersed in work. Reading a really good book gets my mind away from work. Um, and I usually reading with our slip, I use, um, I have, I make like a beautiful turmeric latte with our sleep in a beauty powder. And that's got all your beautiful medicinal herbs like passion flower and lemon balm that help to you know, relieve stress and mild anxiety and, you know, help you sleep. And so I'll sip on that. Um, I have that in warm coconut milk with a bit of milk and honey, reading a book, and then I, I fall asleep. And, I, you know, I, it's, I find the, pee that the most annoying thing is I just don't ever get to finish a book because I start reading and I find reading really relaxes me. I know for some people it's stimulating, but for me personally, when I'm reading and I'm drinking my, you know, my eyes start to kind of, you know, 
Because mm-hmm. my husband's always like, just turn the light off, you're falling asleep. And I'm like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Before <laughs> <laughs> I know that I am actually asleep, yeah. <laughs> I think the most important thing and what's been a huge common denominator amongst everyone that I've interviewed is, and, and it's free, is sleep hygiene. And having that hour and a half before you go to bed where you, especially, especially right now with everything that's going on, I think everyone wants to grab their phone and know what's happening the second it's happening. And it's like, sometimes it's okay to just wait until the morning because if you're not okay, nothing else is going to be okay. It's, I I think that is so true and, um, and being mindful and, and I guess that's just self-regulation and discipline. Even though it's hard to go, I'm in a habit and it's not a great, you know, and I'm going to love myself and just and break that habit and create mm-hmm. something new. So create something that is, you know, instead of, you know, checking the news at night time or whatever, um, maybe it is reading a book or sitting up really lovely kind of, you know, bedtime tea ritual for yourself or mm-hmm. um, doing a nighttime meditation and just trying to swap out for something that's actually going to fill your tank, not empty it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Carla. I'm so happy we could do this. It's been so lovely. Thank you, Pia. Where can people find you? Well, I'm in Bondi Beach, Australia, and I know we can't travel now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very very far away. Um, But thebeautychef.com is our website. And we've got lots of great information about gut health and great blog posts and content to help people who are interested in exploring the subject matter um, more. Uh, we've got two books, the Beauty Chef Cookbook and the Beauty Chef Gut Guide, which is available on the website, and all of our products are available on the website. And in the US, we have our own website, but we also stopped at um, Sephora. Um, mm-hmm. So our products are also available there as well. I cannot stress enough how amazing the products are, and I cannot stress enough how easy and fabulous the cookbook is and how wonderful it feels to open up a book. Like I have all my little bookmarks. My mom and I go through it because I love to do meal planning when I go shopping. And it doesn't feel like, I I think a lot of the time, you know, these like quote unquote healthy cookbooks, people just feel like it's too granola. And I'm not going to, it's like I said, we made ribs last week that were phenomenal. (laughs) Like the cookbook is divine. It's so easy and simple and so nutritious and absolutely delicious. So thank you so much for being able to be a source of information for girls like me who are trying to heal themselves. And, you know, I think obviously a lot of this is how to get your skin looking good. And of course, all of us want to heal ourselves externally, but we truly can't do that unless it starts inside. So thank you for shining so much light on that and giving us the easy access to that information. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Pia. And thank you to your um, beautiful community. And um, and as I say, always, you know, um, look after your gut, be gutsy and follow your gut instinct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Carla. Mwah. Thank you, Pia. Thank you Bye. so much. We have a very special Q&A today. I would like to welcome my mother, Margaret, to the show. Well, go ahead then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bitch. Dear Pia and dear Pia's mom, I hope you both are well. Thank you for taking time to answer my question. I started a long explanation about my situation. My siblings and I are finding ourselves in with our mother, but I think it boils down to boundaries. Pia, did you ever need to set up boundaries with your mom in order to live your own life? If so, how did she react? Was it easy to communicate your needs and boundaries? Pia's mom, how has your relationship with your daughter from a child becoming an adult changed over the years? How has it felt for you? Thank you for both of you. Best asking for the four of us. Cute. <laughs> we never had any boundaries. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> boundaries? Who needs a sticking boundaries? Oh, well, I tried having boundaries for you, but you kind of were like your own person and said, I do what I want. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was a good kid. I no, you were a very good kid. But I think you pretty much, you were good. I think you pretty much didn't need me to come down hard on you for things. You know, but you why were, that was, I think, was because you always talked to me like I was an adult and not a baby. 
And because I think kids like being respected. Yeah. And if you show them respect, they step up to the plate and tend to be respectful most of the time. I don't know how to be helpful in terms of this because, well, I am going to be helpful. Um, our relationship is much different than clearly what you and your siblings are going through with your mother. So I don't know. I feel really lucky to have had, I mean, we have a, you have a great relationship with my brother too. You guys have always been, there hasn't been anything I've ever felt uncomfortable telling you. The, the boundary issue only became, it only annoys me sometimes. I guess not though. Like when you give opinions about Davide and I, but like, it's because I know better. What do you mean? Oh, you know better than, than you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I that think, doesn't bother I me. I think as far as the girls wanting to set up boundaries with their mom, I think they if they ask in a very respectful way and start out with a positive, you know, mom, we really appreciate this about you and that about you. Um, but we were wondering it, um, something about just sort of bring it up in a very respectful, calm way that um, that she will not have a knee-jerk negative reaction to is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was times when I, I think the only time that there was a lot of boundaries was when I was living in New York because I just wanted to like be a bad girl and do bad girl stuff. And I like wasn't going to tell you about that. And But also then when you came to New York, you like hung out with me at all my bad girl spots anyway. So it wasn't like I was... You know what I mean? It was, I don't know. I, 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 that was the only time in my life where I didn't like share every detail of what was going on. And then the only other time that our boundaries became an issue was with my ex-boyfriend, but that was only because you didn't like him and you did know better. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Wait, but you need to answer the second part of her question, which is how has your relationship to your daughter from child to becoming an adult changed over the years? How has it felt for you? Well, part of that, a big part of that is you moving into the house and we sort of, now you're stronger, mature woman in your own right and know what kind of decor you want and how you- Yeah, those are our fights right now. You're a way more organized person than I am. And so now it's almost like, I almost feel in a way that we've switched roles. Mom, you don't need this. You don't need that. Put this away. We put absolutely that away. have switched roles. Right. And so- And I'm which telling is, you to eat and work out. And- yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And those are those are good things. I mean, but it, it's been a process, but it's fine. I mean, you know. Can't we've expect- always had a consistently good relationship. So this, and I urge everyone to do the same in their relationships with their- even brothers and sisters or cousins or whatever, if you would just have like a nice, open, normal relationship and speak to someone with respect. Yeah, try um, not to take things too seriously and try to be more lighthearted and understanding and maybe not so judgmental and give people a break, your siblings, your parents. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't have to be like, oh, you're a mom, you don't love, know. I don't you know. know. And, like we all, like but we're so lucky. A lot of our friends have parents that they have really good, normal relationships mm-hmm. with. I mean, we're always with the Hogans and we're always with Sarah's mom and, and sh- share how you feel. You know, I, you probably didn't mean it, mom, but the way you said that really hurt my feelings. And I, you know, sometimes it's not possible, but ideally if it, if you can, then it's worth a try. Good answer, mommy. Thanks. Okay. Hi, mama Arobio. One Hello. of the first podcasts I ever heard with Pia, you were a guest. And you said a small snippet about how you and Chuck fell in love. It was a quick story, but one that made me tear up. Oh, I know. And I want to know more about a love that is so real and genuine and beautiful, even on the bad days. Can you go into more detail about how it felt to meet Chuck? When you knew you loved him and how you built your family and raised a magnificent daughter together. That's so sweet. Um, I, I do think that when I look back at my relationship with Chuck and I feel like we were put on a path to meet one another, I think that happens with, I think that happens with everybody. I think we're meant to be with the people that we're meant to be with. And even my, um, first husband, um, I had a son 
Spencer, who married Nicole, and and uh, I sometimes would say, gosh, I, that wasn't so easy, that first marriage. And she said, well, you had to marry him because you had to have Spencer because he had to be my husband. So yeah. there's a grand scheme in, in life. And so even though it wasn't easy, Chuck had three kids, I had my son. Uh, we made it work because we did, I, I have to say, I loved Chuck more than any man in my life. And Will you tell the really quickly, just a little story of how he told you he loved you, how you worked for him and he pulled you in. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, <clears throat> so we, I was working for him and my dad was a dentist. Yeah. And he was, um, it became known right away that when I went in there, that the girls were saying, Oh God, and he's in a bad mood again today. And what? And well, he and his wife, you know, they're going through some counseling and they're getting separated. And, and, uh, I thought, Oh, how funny, because I got the job in order to get separated myself. Uh, I knew I was going to get a divorce. And when he hired me, he said, well, it'd be so nice to have a happily married woman in, in the, uh, working in the office because everybody's dating or divorcing or all that. <laughs> and I said, Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's me. So six months down the line, he was separated. And by then, uh, he looked down in the parking lot and saw a lot of stuff in the back of my car. And I, he said, what's all that stuff in your car? I'm going to Salvation Army. He started laughing. He says, that's wait, that looks like half of your belongings. That can't be for Salvation Army. And that's when I told him that I actually was separating, but it was six months into the job and he knew I was a good, good employee. Long story short, one day, um, by this time, we're both on our own. And he said to me, uh, asked me to come in the office and and uh, that not unusual. And uh, he's going to ask me about a patient or whatever. And and then I sat down and he hesitated. And I said, what is it? And he said, I love you. <laughs> uh, that would be like the mailman coming up to me and saying, I love you. I, it was like, what? I had, I, I said, I'm sorry. I had no idea. I had no idea that you felt that way. I, I hope I didn't mislead you in any way because I, this, this is out of the blue. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I said, I know we joke. We all get along great in the office. But anyway... It ended up that his divorce became final. My divorce became final. We ended up together. But I have that chair that used to sit in his private office. Yeah, it's in our living room. And that's the chair everybody would sit in. We'd go into his, anyone in his office, he had his desk, a roll top desk, he had his chair. And then there was that one extra chair that anybody would sit in that was in there, his friends, whoever. That very chair, yes, is now reupholstered. And sitting in <laughs> my living room, it's sort of a Danish modern chair, and it looks real pretty now. But that, I, so I have the chair in which I sat when he first told me he loved me, mm-hmm. and um, it was it's, it was a special story, and it wasn't easy, but um, we were meant to be. And then four years of not taking any birth control because I thought I couldn't get pregnant, then you popped up. Yeah, that's me. That's you. So it was a romantic thing, and um, I miss him. I think it's. Um... Uh, fascinating because everyone who sees two people in a wonderful relationships assumes that there's a really magical, sorry, if you hear noise in the background, it's because we have both of the puppies here. <laughs> I can't lock them in the kitchen because they'll scream and we can't record anywhere else. <laughs> so we're in my bedroom with these two puppies. Um, you know, when you look at a relationship, you assume that there's some magical beginning to the, you know, some perfect meet some perfect first moment. And I think it's really funny that, I mean, cause what you didn't say is that he told you he loved you and and then you were like, I'm not, you're not well, really, I did, I did say for that. For me. And then that was months until you guys actually dated it, or did anything. No, it was a long time because I told, I went, I went and looked for another job. I said, I can't be working for you if that's how you feel. It's not right. And he says, I'm sorry, forget I said anything. I said, that's a little hard. Can't squeeze that toothpaste back into the tube. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to get, put that back. Um, and then, uh, it ended up that, yeah, so I interviewed, I would have just lost my thought. No, golly, that never happens to me. Oh, you're getting um, Oh, no, you know what say? it is? It's time for a cocktail. It is. Is it five o'clock somewhere? <laughs> yes. it, it's, it's five teeny? <laughs> yeah, it's five teeny. <laughs> five teeny. Um, anyway, what? Oh my God, Bob. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so then, oh yeah. So then it was, it was just that um, I... It did take time and he wrote me, oh my God. Oh my then God, he the wrote me the most beautiful love letters. The first one, I burned it. 
in the fireplace. I wish I had kept it now, of course. Well, you have so many. I burned it because I thought that's how much I didn't want a relationship with him. Oh my God. I literally threw it. I thought this is the most beautiful letter. I think I'm just going to burn it. Guess it was the winter, I guess. <laughs> the fireplace. But, um, and then he just continued to write letters to me and kind of wore me down. So, um, and then you guys loved each other so much. And then we just ended up falling. I ended up falling. I mean, I always too. knew, obviously, that you guys were. But so he pursued me like because, a bat out of hell. Yeah, he did. Well, he was obsessed with you. My dad yeah. was always so obsessed with my mom. Look at her. Just look at her. And they would always make out and always kiss. And always, you know, that was so unusual. And I, my friends would come over. You guys would just be kissing and loving each other. And I, it was so normal for me. But my friends would be like, your parents are really affectionate. Like, <laughs> your parents aren't. <laughs> Like, of course, we're like an affectionate family and they love each other. So, um, and then I think when dad died and we went through all of your, all the stuff and that time you like really told Davide the story of how you met, you know, it gave me, I mean, there are times where I'll, well, I'll lay in bed and before we go to sleep and I'll look at Davide and I'll say like, my mom doesn't have a husband. Like I'll look at it like, it's not like, oh, I don't have a dad anymore, but I'll have this like very objective moment where I'm like, oh my God, like I can't, like I love him so much that I can't imagine. I'm so scared of something ever happening to him. And so I think like, wow, like there will be one day where one of us will die. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And you're so lucky that you had him for that long. I mean, I mean some 40 years die of so talking young. to the same person every day. We had every bit of history together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same thing when you lose a parent. You you want to, oh, want to ask mom this or ask dad that. Well, but in a marriage relationship, obviously it's deeper in so many ways. And um I, I miss that other half. I just want to always ask him questions. And I still want, every time like, I eat a good meal, I still pick up my phone like, oh, I'm going to text him yeah, yeah. to come to this restaurant. I, I miss him terribly, I do. I think you need a, a, a companion. Uh, I like cats. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Is there a non-shedding long-haired no, cat? No, you need a, a male companion. That one that you can go to museums with. She's looking at me with sheer panic in your eyes. <laughs> you know what? Her brain just went straight to, I can't be naked in front of someone else. <laughs> I can go to museums. That's all fine. I can yeah, do when that. I say companion, I don't mean you have to like give a blowjob. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what is that anyway? I've heard that term, but I can't <laughs> so I have to say I'm not sure what that is. So funny. That's oh, oh, I know. That's when I blow the, the dogs with a leaf blower outside Good. to get all okay. the extra hair okay, off of them in the Mom. driveway. <laughs> I do think you need a companion because I do think that you, uh, yes, you're this beautiful. This poor girl, has her answer been, question been answered? Yeah, we're talking about love. Oh, oh my God, these dogs. Shh, stop it. Be quiet, guys. I record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Mom. Now, now that Davide's gone, we're going to be doing this every week. I know, I know. <laughs> you oh and my- me, you and me, baby, you and me. You and me. Do you want to sing our family song? Because... Oh. We're a family, a family, a family. One loves the other. Mother, father, sister, brother. <laughs> it maybe okay. leaves a little bit to it's be desired. Completely but unprofessional. It's, yeah. <clears throat> but it's okay. from the heart. Okay. Love you, mom. Thank you. Love you, honey. Thank you. I'm proud of you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.